Welcome to the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. I'm your host, Mark Gleason, a plant pathologist at Iowa State University. I'm also the leader of a USDA-funded research and outreach project that's looking for more efficient and lower-cost ways to protect apples against diseases and insect pests. The project includes scientists, students, and growers in Iowa and Ohio. Because this is the first podcast episode of a series, in this project, I will be interviewed by Jose Gonzalez, who is the project coordinator. Hi, Mark. Let's begin with what makes an intelligent sprayer intelligent? Good question. Okay, so an intelligent sprayer is taking advantage of technological advances in uh, what you might call precision agriculture. Uh, there's all sorts of applications here. You've probably heard of robotic harvesters and uh, robotic sp uh, sprayers of various kinds, um, all sorts of automated or robotic uh, applications in agriculture. This is sort of part of that. Uh, think about, um, if you want to understand intelligent sprayers in concept, just think about driverless cars, you know, that we've been promised for years, right? Well, the driverless cars have a little unit sitting on top of the car that basically senses everything around the car so that the car can make the right decisions, whether to stop at an intersection if a if a if um, somebody is crossing the road or uh, moving itself with regard to other cars. And the reason it can do that is that it sees what's going on. It's not actually an eyeball there, but it's using laser beams to sense the environment around it. And that's what an intelligent sprayer does. The intelligent sprayer we're talking about is basically an air blast, a standard air blast sprayer that has been modified to see what's going on with the trees in an orchard and program the sprayer to deliver spray based on what that um, intelligent sprayer can see. So it's a, it's a, it's basically, think, think about a, a standard air blast sprayer. That's basically a blind sprayer. You drive it up and down, you turn it on and off, but it doesn't know whether a tree is there in the row or whether there's a blank there. In the case of the intelligent sprayer, it knows because it can see that and it relays that information by reflection of the laser beam back to a sensor on the intelligent sprayer that um, can tell the nozzles which nozzles to turn on and when. That sounds, you know, pretty, you know, um, science fiction-y, but it's, uh, it's, it's working well in the tests that have been done so far. And this has actually become a commercial option for apple growers. You can buy an air blast sprayer that's been modified to uh, use this intelligent sprayer technology, retrofitted. What are the potential advantages of using an intelligent sprayer for Apple integrated pest management compared to a standard air blast sprayer? Well, they really come in a couple of forms, Jose. One 
type of advantage is that you use less spray. So I'm, I'm out with my sprayer, I'm spraying, but I'm not using the same volume. I'm covering an acre with good coverage, but I'm using a lot less volume. And that by a lot less, I mean, by the, by the field tests that have been done in many types of tree crops so far, anywhere between 30 and 80% less spray volume. You get, you get similar or the same coverage, uh, but you, you put a lot less spray on the trees. That means that you don't waste as much spray. A lot of spray that goes out the nozzles of a standard air blast never hits the target, never hits the tree or the fruit. It goes down on the ground or it goes up in the air and becomes spray drift. And that really comes to the second advantage. Remember the first advantage is that we're, we're using a lot less spray volume per spray. Second advantage is that we're having less drift. And this makes a big difference because you may have uh, workers in, the, in another field at the same time or your family or, you may have nearby neighbors and there's, with this kind of sprayer, there's far less chance that drift is going to go off site, out of the area where you're spraying and affect other people. So there's a, a greater safety margin with, with this type of sprayer. There are already several publications about how the intelligent sprayer performs in tree crops. So why is this study needed? Yes, that's a really good question. And we had to answer that question in order to get the money from USDA to do the project. Okay, so here's a technology that has never been used in tree crop spraying before. There's a lot of questions to answer. One question is, how much volume does it save? Another question is, how good is the spray coverage? Another question is, if we look at this in apples specifically, in the whole range of insect and disease problems that occur in apples, and there are many over this very long, almost six month growing season, depending on the variety, how well does it control pests and diseases? So we're, what we're really trying to do is see how well the intelligent sprayer fits in the context of Apple IPM. That question has not been answered in any convincing detail yet. Now, changing subjects, but still in, as part of this project, we are looking at warning systems. Um, how can disease warning systems cut costs for IPM compared to how an intelligence sprayer can cut costs? Yeah, good question. And uh, this technology, uh, disease warning systems, and there are actually insect warning systems too, but let's think about disease warning systems first. The kind of savings you're hoping for by using disease warning systems are different than what you might achieve with an intelligence sprayer. An intelligence sprayer doesn't reduce the number of sprays that you're going to put on. By itself, it doesn't do that, but it reduces the amount of pesticide that you use with every spray, the amount of fungicide, the amount of insecticide, what have you. And it does that because it's, it's um, coverage of the target, the trees is more accurate. A warning system, on the other hand, saves on number of sprays. If I can anticipate when the risk of a particular disease is high, 
I have the potential to actually save sprays. So I can save an entire trip uh, through the orchard. So it's a different kind of savings. The great virtue of an intelligent sprayer potentially is that it can save you sprays, uh, save you spray every time you go out. The great virtue of a warning system is that you can sometimes not even have to go out because you, the warning system has told you that the risk of disease is low. So these are ways, these are two ways to save, to be more uh, efficient, you might say, with the use of pesticide and have uh, less drift. What our project wants to do is see how well those two technologies, the intelligent sprayer technology with the very laser targeted sprays and the warning system, see how well they can be combined. You might think of this as two different ways to um, make the whole business of pesticide use more efficient. One way is saving on volume. The other way is saving on number of sprays. We want to see how far we can bring down that pesticide umbrella, if you will, that, that protects the orchard and still get consistently uh, good coverage um, and, and good disease uh, coverage, uh, good control of, of, of uh, diseases and uh, insect pests. Yeah, that is very interesting. But how will you find out if either of these technologies actually improve profits for apple growers in the Midwest? That's a key question because who would want to adopt a new technology and have to take that learning curve if you didn't have the potential to make more money? That's the whole point, right? So we do have an economics team. Um, we have as a professor here at Iowa State, uh, his name is Wendong Zhang. And he's kind of the lead for our economic analysis. So for we're doing a bunch of field trials in two states, Iowa and Ohio over the, the three year period of the grant, which is 2020, 2021 and 2022. And we will combine all that field data together and get a, a feeling whether in, you know, we get a, a clear idea of whether in Iowa, in Ohio, the use of the intelligence sprayer and the use of warning systems and the use of them together makes uh, economic sense. So we're really looking at what the profit potential is. We're not saying that an intelligence sprayer or a warning system is going to increase yield. What we're what we're taking aim at is the is the cost side, reducing the cost so that the cost of pest disease management um, is less and and more efficient. You mentioned that there are two states involved in the project. Why is this and why Iowa and Ohio? Well, um, the diseases that we're focusing on are a concern in both states. Uh, fire blight is one disease and the other one is a summer disease called sooty blotch and fly speck. Those diseases are important in both states as they are in the rest of the Midwest. Um, but there's a, a, an interesting twist to this story because um, working with uh, my counterpart, who's also a plant pathologist at Ohio State University, uh, Melanie Lewis-Ivy, she's a, a professor uh, at Ohio State University. Uh, she made me aware of the research going on with the intelligent sprayer because right there in Worcester, Ohio, where um, the Ohio State 
University Field Station is there's also a USDA Ag Research Service laboratory that focuses strictly on spraying. And so year after year, decade after decade, they have done intensive research on how to improve sprayers, the efficiency of the sprayers, the coverage of the sprayers, et cetera. And um, there's a, um, a scientist there by the name of He Ping Zhu, who has really led the development of the intelligent sprayer. So in my conversations with uh, Melanie Ivey, we decided that we would combine the progress that's been made or, the, or the, the work that's been done on the intelligence sprayer using warning systems to see how far we can take the efficiency of, of pest management. So it was very important to, par to partner with Ohio State because they have the greatest experience and the, the ARS in Worcester because they have the greatest experience in using the intelligent sprayer uh, so we, we brought that expertise into the project and um, along with expertise, our expertise in uh, warning systems. You're listening to the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. I'm your host, Mark Gleason. Our three-year project is searching for more profitable and less wasteful ways to control diseases and pests on apples. Now, back to our interview. Mark, you already mentioned about the impact of the intelligence sprayer in spray drift, but how can using an intelligence sprayer affect spray drift specifically? Okay, good question. When you turn on an air blast sprayer, just a standard air blast sprayer, that technology hasn't changed very much in about the last 60 years. An air blast sprayer is basically turned on or turned off uh, most of the time. Whereas in the case of the intelligence sprayer, it is, it is an air blast sprayer, technology very similar, except that it's got the sensing units on it. And the nozzles, here's something that's different compared to a standard air blast. The nozzles are individually activated. In other words, whether the nozzles are on and off is really under the control of the computer. The computer that is stuck on this retrofitted air blast picks up the reflected laser signals, interprets them, and issues commands to the individual nozzles on the air blast as to when to spray, when to turn off, and when to turn on. That's really different. So this is, uh, you might call a seeing or thinking sprayer that only sprays when there's foliage or a tree to spray. Many orchards, of course, have gaps. You go down the row and there's a tree and then there's a gap and then there's a tree and then there's a gap. That's not uncommon at all. And the intelligence sprayer takes note of that. And when there's a gap, it doesn't spray. So that's, in a nutshell, how this thing is different. Okay, so that was spray drift. Uh, what about spray coverage? How will you measure spray coverage in an apple orchard? Yeah, that's a really good question. And there's no easy way. This is something we agonize about quite a lot. And we've gotten guidance from, from Dr. Drew in, uh, at the ARS in Worcester about how to do this. And what we do is we, we place water sensitive papers in the tree, in the tree canopy at different places. We put, place them high in the canopy, low in the canopy, left side, right side, uh, near side, far side. Uh, and then we drive this, we fill the sprayer up with water 
and we drive it by and we compare the spray coverage we get on those water-sensitive papers. So the water-sensitive papers are kind of acting like leaves, you might say, uh, and standing in the place. And um, so we, we run the air blast sprayer with water uh, in one set of papers, and we use another set of papers to um, run with the intelligence sprayer. Then what happens when the spray droplets hit those, those water-sensitive papers is they turn a color. Every place the droplet was, the paper develops a color. And then you can take that little square of water-sensitive paper and you can run it through a scanner. And the scanner will tell you what percentage of that paper um, has a droplet, had droplets on it. Of course, the higher percentage, the, the more thorough the coverage. And so that's kind of the established way that's been worked out to, to um, measure spray coverage. And so the spray coverage is expressed as a percent, what percent of that water sensitive paper in those various locations in the tree is, um, is covered with droplets. So that, that's basically the method we're using. And why did you pick fire blight and sooty blotch and flashback warning systems to include in these studies? I'm a pathologist, so I tend to lean uh, towards diseases, and uh, Dr. Ivy is also a plant pathologist. So um, there are warning systems for these diseases. Um, fire blight is one disease, sooty blotch and fly speck is another disease. There are warning systems that are fairly well established, they're well tested, uh, and they've shown the potential to save sprays. Fire blight is a bacterial disease caused by a bacteria called Erwinia amylavra. And it's a very serious disease. Almost anybody who grows apples is going to be familiar with what this looks like if you have any varieties that are susceptible to fire blight. It's a, it's a significant problem in the springtime, really, during bloom and, um, and for some weeks after bloom. Uh, and, and in that situation, you'd be using an antibiotic spray. Uh, typically. Uh, in the case of sooty blotch and fly speck, we have a well worked out warning system. Uh, and we've shown that we can save up to two or three sprays during the summer. This is the big risk period for sooty blotch and fly speck because the fungi that cause sooty blotch and fly speck directly uh, colonize the fruit and you end up with blemished or spotty fruit and not, not uh, saleable at the end of the year if you don't control this disease. So those those are two warning systems that are fairly well worked out. You might ask, why don't we have a warning system for scab? Well, we used to have one, but it turned out that it, was, it wasn't working very well and it was leading to um, resistance to um, the fungicides by the scab fungus. So we currently don't have a very a good scab model, but we do have good models for, for uh, fire blight and sooty blotch and fly specs. So that's how we selected those. Mark, may I ask, how did you find out that the SCAP warning system was um, promoting resistance from the fungicide? I didn't find it out. The people who discovered that were the people that developed the system. Oh. They were uh, pathologists at, uh, at Cornell University, and they had done an excellent pioneering job in developing this type of warning system uh, or or. Um, decision rules about fungicide applications based on this warning system. But it, it turned out that the fungus uh, outsmarted the system and then we ended up with this resistance. But the, those pathologists themselves were very forthright and 
they showed that there were um, the risks were unacceptable. Uh, they they discovered this over a period of time, but they are you know still really um, really pioneers in this uh, in this effort, and and uh, they're. Um, highly respected for that. We just right now, because we have a limited number of fungicides and we have this resistance problem, we just don't have a good handle on a way to save sprays for scab. We have to play it by the old fashioned book. Okay, how can you be sure uh, that the intelligent sprayer and disease warning system make economic sense for growers? We're doing a very intensive economic analysis the intelligent sprayer retrofitting your standard air blast to an to a intelligent sprayer technology is is not cheap <clears throat> and the question is what's the payback uh, when does when does that um, payback occur and that's going to depend on many things uh, of course the effectiveness of the uh, of the intelligent sprayer in controlling diseases and insects that's one thing but also the size of the orchard and other factors we have an economist on the project dr wendong jong who will be leading that effort uh, along with his graduate student. And uh, so we're gonna be looking at this year by year to make sure or to see how, how potentially profitable is it to switch over to this technology and under what, what kind of orchard circumstances would it make sense to do so? Now, where can you buy an intelligent sprayer, Mark? Well, they've been commercial for uh, I think over a year. Um, yeah, more like a year and a half. Uh, there's a company in Indianapolis called Smart Guided Systems that has been selling them. But as I understand it um, from Dr. Zhu, who was the developer of the intelligent sprayer, uh, there's a recent agreement with John Deere that you can purchase or get a retrofit of your uh, standard air blast sprayer through John Deere dealerships. Uh, that's that's what I that's the most recent information I have. So it is commercially available, and you'll have to talk to uh, a John Deere dealership or uh, Smart Guided Systems. They're in Indianapolis uh, for price information. And can you have your own air blast sprayer retrofitted with intelligent technology, or do you have to buy a completely new sprayer? Yeah, good question. And um, of course, it's expensive to buy an air blast sprayer. And then with this technology on top of it, you're going to be more expensive. So uh, Dr. Zhu uh, spent several years showing clearly that, that existing sprayers can be retrofitted for intelligent technology. So you take your air blast that you already have, you bring it to a dealership or get it to um, whoever would... Uh, retrofit it, probably in Indianapolis, they would do the job um, with that sprayer. So it's it's your sprayer that you're already using, you, you get it retrofitted for that technology. So yes, the answer is that you can retrofit an existing sprayer that you already have, or you can buy a new sprayer with this technology on board. Excellent. Um, Mark, thanks a lot for this interview. It's been very interesting to hear you. Um, do you have any other uh, last comments? I'd say that if growers or anyone else is interested in following the progress of our project, we're now one year into a three-year project, they could uh, go to our website, which contains a lot of outreach material, and that's called uh, uh, 
smart spring for Apple, smart spring for Apple. And you just go type that into your search engine and you'll be able to access that website. We have uh, a series of blogs there and uh, videos as well. And uh, this is the first of uh, a number of episodes of podcasts that will follow. Also, you can contact me, Mark Gleason at Iowa State University. My email address is mgleason at iastate, that's S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U, mgleason at iastate.edu. Happy to talk over the project with you at any time. Okay. Thanks a lot, Mark. You bet. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. You can find more episodes in the series at our website. The link is www.smartapplespray.plantpath.iastate.edu. That's www.smartapplespray.plantpath.iastate.edu. The host for this series is Mark Gleason. Jose Gonzalez is the editor. The Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series is funded by a grant from USDA's Crop Protection and Pest Management Initiative. For more information about the two-state project, contact either Mark Gleason at mgleason at iastate.edu or Melanie Lewis Ivy, ivy.14 at osu.edu in Ohio. Thank you. Thank you.